Hello folks and welcome to the Comedy Corner here on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. My name is Graham Stevens and I really hope that I can bring a smile to your face. Why do only fools and old work Hello there and welcome back. This week we start with an episode of Dinner Ladies, Series 2, Episode 6, and this one is entitled, rather unseasonally, Christmas. What's a setting? Colour changing, slow wave? Yeah. Are you waiting for the bread man? No, he's been. I just haven't, you know, put it away. Something wrong? Yeah. Do you want to tell me? I'm en route to the second floor urinals, but I can divert. <laughs> There's a faulty vent on the middle android. It flops down and points at your trousers. <laughs> Still, the some hasty urinators on that floor, so it might be better left where it is. <laughs> What's occurred? Martin turned up last night to sort out the divorce and I was in the middle of kissing Tony, which wasn't a great way for Tony to find out that I was married. Was the fisticuffs? No, he went off and me and Martin had a few words and then Martin went off. And did Tony come back? No. I hung around, you know, in case. Got the tin tomatoes organised properly, that was something. <laughs> well, them wires were in a tangle last night, but they're flashing away this morning, so there's a metaphor for you. <laughs> I'll pop back later with your bran for your tub. Oh, that's nice. There's our cherubs and our fairy. Present for the bran tub. CD of festive music. Yes, where's my CD? Oh, please tell me it's not round the world with none of Miss Scorey. <laughs> She's very tuneful for a Greek. <laughs> Whoever told her to take a crack at Paddy McGinty's goat did an old favour. <laughs> what have you brought us? Seasonal smut and festive filth from the all-star Bavarian knee tremblers. <laughs> Mountstock Christmas Pop Party, Volume 3. Man's more classical. Joy to the World, a specially recorded concert with Kiriti Kanawa, Bryn Turfil and Tommy Steele. <laughs> What's he singing? Little White Bull? <laughs> yes! Morning. <laughs> Hiya. Hello. Well, Luke's tired. Has she had sex? Mm. Have we won our 50 quid? Too shagged out to put the bread away. What do we think? Is that why you never put any away? <laughs> Malcolm, stay outside and no peeking. OK. Is Sam around? No, he, uh, I can't remember where he's gone, somewhere. Oh, golly. What's happened to her anorak? Oh, she got torn. What, did you catch it on a door or something? No, somebody pulled it. Have we got any more blonde Kirby's? In the uh, Jimmy Osmond mug. No, uh, somebody was trying to get me to come for a drink last night and I didn't want to go. Oh, I love all that horsing around, actually. You tell Tony to get you a new one. What's this about, Tony? Look, he's torn all Bren's sleeve, messing about. Oh, when was this last night? Where is he? On the fire escape. I don't see his jacket. Tony, has something happened? Look what he's done to Bren's anorak. They were messing about. What's this? Tony's been ripping Bren's clothes off. <laughs> I knew it. Well, if Twink's not here, I reckon that's 50 quid between four of us. Thanks, Bren. What have you done with Anthony? Is he a spent force under the duvet? Oh, gee! Is he, Bren? <laughs> I don't know where he is. Well, he's at home, I suppose. He didn't tear it. It was Martin. Oh, uh, this gets better. Who's Martin? Should we have had a bet on him? He's <laughs> my, um... Callagas man. Mother's boyfriend. Chiropodist. Stick insect. <laughs> Husband. How long have you been married? Ten years. Oh, just stand, though. Yeah, because I've just lately been sorting out a divorce, you know, in case I might want to get involved with something or somebody. With Tony? Well, not, not with him. Not excluding Tony. He'd obviously be one of the main... Yeah, Tony. <laughs> Did Tony know about your husband? He does now. I was kissing Tony last night when Martin turned up. A quick kiss or a snog? Oh, leave it, Anita. 
Just thinking about our 20 quid. <laughs> the thing is, if Tony can't stand the sight of me, then we can't all work together, and I think I should go. Oh, surely it doesn't need to come to that. Does nobody ever bring the blooming milk up on me and Bren? Morning, Jean, Dolly, Anita, Malcolm. You're not speaking to me, Malcolm. Philippa, West Twink still throwing up, fair enough. It's the last pies we're having from him, though, I tell you. Hey, do us a black coffee, eh? I was mixing me drinks last night, thanks to your stupid husband. He likes a drop, doesn't he? Flipping heck. Well, get your overall on, then. Standing around in your blithering jacket. It's a canteen on a dry ski slope. If he phones again about that vinegar, tell him to F off. Morning, Stan. Crack a smile, why don't you? It is Christmas. Get the phone, mate. I'm having a fag. Hey, Brian. What? Are you still coming to Scotland with me tomorrow? Um, Say yes. What? She said yes. Good enough. <laughs> is there no bacon? Bacon? Yeah, bacon. Can you ask me that again? Have you not got any bacon? Have I not got any? Or have I got any? Look, I'm not from the news of the bloody world. <laughs> I'm only trying to get myself a bit of pig in protein. Bren, for the love of God, have you got any bacon? Can you hang on? I'm just doing it now. Are you short staff? Yeah, Twink's off sick. But where's Jean, Dolly? Still in the toilet. Yeah, sick in a long time. She's wearing a new all-in-one body shape. It's a complicated gusset when you won't wear specs. <laughs> oh, I know. Sure, it's very alluring in the bedroom, but you can't be fiddling with your crutch when there's a queue building. Don't look at me, I got both hands on the tray. <laughs> you got your underwear sorted then, Jean? Hey? What I took the time, press studs. Have you been telling him about my body shape? Huh? Yes. We didn't get the full picture though, Jean. Uh, no colour was mentioned. Café au lait. Nice. Strip off now and walk round in it. Would that help? Not if it's going to hold up the bacon. You know, you were asking about bacon. Yeah. Well, we haven't got any at the moment, but Bren's just doing some. What are you on? A two minute delay? She just told me that. I was going to say it before, but then I started thinking about Michael Aspel. Can I push in, do you mind? Can I have 12 rounds of white? Low fat spread. Too late for that. I've already had a box of butter Brazils. <laughs> Tony! Is there any news? Lots. Last night, Bren and Tony actually had their first kiss. No! You'll have to hang on, Jane. It's not hotting up. That's OK. What's the matter? Nothing. You carry on. Go on, look at the toaster. What? Can you uh, finish off the bacon? I've got toaster trouble here. There they were in their first clinch. Guess who walked in? Tony's wife. Close, but no coconut. <laughs> Bren's husband. No! Do you need to be going on with? Oh, I really appreciate it, Bren. No, don't mention it, Jane. It was a pleasure to do. Blooming heck. Tell you what, forget the flipping bacon. Have you got any antidepressants? <laughs> Shall I put my music on while we're waiting? What is it? It's Disco Monks. It's their new CD out for Christmas. Religious plain song with a disco beat. It's the only really holy music you can do aerobics to. Stungy. Hi, girl. And we've worked with her for years and she's never said a oh, thanks, Bren. <laughs> never mentioned her husband. Look, I've got to talk about last night. Did you and Martin have a drink? Is this big volume not the volume? It might be. Excuse me, is there no knives? Because there's no knives. Um... <laughs> Sorry, Anita, can you pop out with some knives? Knife and fork knives. Please. <laughs> so last night, when you and me were... Snogging. And Martin came in and you left. Yeah, I was upset. No, I was annoyed, so I went across the road for a drink and in comes your Martin, looking quite friendly. Well, as friendly as you can look with the broken nose. What's this music? Disco monks. They're real monks with a genuine love of disco. It's not a gimmick. Why did you marry him, Bren? God, this music's horrible. Can't think. I mean, he's a drunk, isn't he? Bren? We can't toast baguettes on that, can we? No, they get stuck. No! 
sure they get stuck, thank you. What a question. I know he, like, tricked you to the registry office. Why did you go through with it? Well, I was a bit scared of him, you know, and all his friends were there and they all had teeth missing. And... But mainly it was the registrar. She came in with his neck brace on and, like, limping. And she said, I shouldn't be here. I've come off my moped, but I didn't want to let you down. This is my favourite bit. And she had uh, a black eye, this registrar. And her hair was all flat on one side where she hit the tarmac. And... I just thought I should go through with it. So you got married to a drunk you were scared of just because the registrar had a neck brace and a flat hairdo? Well, she'd come in specially. Oh, it, music. Let's put yours on, eh? Oh, I can't play it on that. It only takes CDs. It's that brass band I really like. Oh, yeah, I know them. I drink me one of them. I'll get you a CD of it. Will you? Might get it in your brand tub tomorrow. Excuse me, is anybody clearing the tables? Because I don't think there is anybody clearing the tables. <laughs> Anything else you haven't told me? No. You know everything else. Nearly 42, no children, love brass bands, hate celery. <laughs> Brought up in a children's home. Always wanted an etch sketch never had one. That's it. Take over for me, Dolly. My flaming crotch has popped again. <laughs> never mind Preston. She could do with a few rivets. <laughs> Tony going to Scotland tomorrow? Shh, we're supposed to be. Why? So you'll be at home packing tonight, separately. You'll be too busy for Anki Panky. Why? Well, you know we've got this bet on. If you could control yourselves till Christmas morning, I'd be 50 quid up. One bonk to you. Ten bottles of wine to me. <laughs> God, what is that music? Look, I don't think anything's going to come of it. I've not exactly had much luck with men. Like me, I'm a tropical fish. At least for men, you don't come downstairs in the morning to find eight of them floating face down in the water. <laughs> anyway, give over, nothing will come of it. Tony's dead keen, you know. What on? On you, you poxy lame brain. Sorry, Bob. What do you reckon to this music, then? Bloody awful. I'll bring you some proper music in tomorrow. Here, your husband turned up last night while he was snogging Tony. Anybody who are waiting for bacon? Anita, you know this surprise for Bren. I'm going out to meet the bloke now, so don't tell Bren where I've gone and don't let her get the phone. You know what this is like? What? A little princess. When she's in the attic and the monkey comes. <laughs> Not long till Christmas, Tony. Just hang on. Are you going out? Yeah. Because, listen, about us going to Scotland, how long is it going to take to get there? In my car, anything up to three weeks. <laughs> Look, I'm just going to shoot off home and get my head down. One night with you and one night with your husband, I'm flagging. I don't know how bisexuals manage. <laughs> so, uh, I'll see you tomorrow. See ya. Bren, do you think you'll get as far as having babies? Eh? Hey? <laughs> you and Tony? I think we'll be lucky if we get as far as Carlisle. <laughs> I don't know if he can, all that chemotherapy and stuff. Anyway, it's a bit early for all that, isn't it? Not to mention a bit late for me. Speaking of which, have you checked the dates on those yoghurts? You're only 41. Look at Ursula Andress. Look at your mother. Mm. Trying to get as far as Ursula Andress and then stop looking. <laughs> Did you want babies before, though, Bren? Do you wish you'd had them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. Go and check those yoghurts, eh? All these so-called database details the other day. I know, and I put them into the computer. Who's on Sprouts, Jean? Who will be the next James Bond, Sooty? <laughs> You're reading across two columns again. <laughs> put your specs on. I didn't think Sooty was a very good choice. I'm not mad about Pierce Brosnan, but at least he's not running around with Matthew Corbett's hands stuck up his... Thank you. <laughs> Then I wanted to save the document. Listen, turkey dinner. It's not ideal for James Bond, Sutty. He'd never be able to handle the gadgets. 
Or he could surprise the villains, because they wouldn't be looking down that far. Yeah, Anita. And when he's face to face with Mr Big in his nuclear bunker at the end of the film, and Mr Big says, So, we have been expecting you, Mr Sooty. <laughs> Sooty will smash an egg over his head and squeeze toothpaste in his eye, and that'll be the end of the film. Have you finished? And then over the credits, you'll see him in bed with Sue. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> Look, don't you start. <laughs> so I put all your details into the computer. Tom's teaching me how to do that. I'm dead keen, actually. The minute he gets home, I'm fiddling with his laptop. <laughs> Lucky old Tom. <laughs> Sorry, was that a... No. Anyway, so I put a border of little cups of tea round it for the canteen. Well, there might be cups of coffee, I don't know. And it said, do you want to save changes? You can see why Gone with the Wind had an interval. <laughs> Yes, I do. Are you sure? Well, no, I'm not sure. Philippa. I mean, we were sure about Rock Hudson once, weren't we? Oh, <laughs> oh that was well known in our house. Thank God for cigarettes. So, um, <laughs> Anita's date of birth? September 15th, 1975. Oh, shut the door! What about Rock Hudson? Are you totally out of touch with gay gossip? No, I know about Ben Elton. Ben Elton? I don't mean Ben Elton, I mean John Elton. <laughs> Elton John? Sorry. <laughs> it's just that they write it the other way around at HMV. <laughs> and now yours, Dolly, just says 8th of April. 8th of April, 19... 19 or what? <laughs> Hiya! We're doing requests. Oh, what a brilliant idea. What are you talking about? Uh, we're saving up to send a poor little lad to Disneyland. Oh, is he poorly? No, he just wants to go. Oh, it's for Mr Michael. We're having a whip round. Any requests? Uh, do you know you'll never... Something, something with an Eskimo? Al McCorgan. Do you know it? No. <laughs> What's that thing Ross Conway used to play? The piano. <laughs> Tune. Oh, no, it's gone. We're doing songs, Stan. Got any requests? You know Mr. Wolves and Air Aid Warden now, be George Formby? No. Didn't think you would. <laughs> Turned out nice again. <laughs> Bloody hell, you try and bring a bit of entertainment to folk and all you get is hard faces and Alma Pigging Corgan. We've only come here to do your flipping favour. Well, we only know one bloody tune anyway, so you can have that and flipping lump it. Jingle bells from the middle after four. Four. Dashing through the snow in one horse open sleigh. All the fields we go, laughing all the way. Ha ha, the bells on bobtail ring, making spirits cry. Oh, what fun it is to sing a sleighing song tonight. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in one horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Christmas dinner this afternoon and swapping presents. Yep. Is it just for cantini people? Yep. Bye. <laughs> Get a stupid hat off her, Bren, otherwise we'll have another 20 minute palaver when she brings it back. Philippa, hat. Oh, sorry. Yours fell off the flipping database as well. Just says Ember, 1957. December. The 24th. That's today. No one knows. I don't do birthdays. Don't tell anybody. Oh, oh crikey. It's Mikey. <laughs> Tony? Did you know about Bren's birthday? Eh? All right, Mr Michael. You know I'm retiring. Yeah, what are you going to do? I'm going to dress up as Father Christmas. Oh, will that not get a bit annoying by about March? <laughs> <laughs> Just today. Oh. Well, shall I nip out now and get her a birthday card? We want to get her a proper present. Jane, can you do me a favour? Can you do me one? Not have sex with Bren till tomorrow morning? <laughs> oh, honestly, who has sex on Christmas morning? The Dalai Lama. <laughs> well, he must peel his sprouts the night before. How much bigger is Bren than you, Jane? So, I'll be on the fire escape at 3.15. Ah, well, you won't get the door open from the outside. 
Well, I'll jingle my bells then, and you let me in. Side saddle. What? Russ, come with that tune. Oh. Now do you see the point of HRT? <laughs> On the count of three, Dolly. One, two, three. Hey! 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 Is the bus reversing? <laughs> Ladies lifting furniture with the next territorial in the vicinity, I think not. They're deceptive, these tables. Ladies could dislodge an organ. We were rushing with dinner because of the view now. I can't wait to see Bren's face. That girl is going to be over the moon. Stan, two ticks. Are you putting the cloth on? Yes. Well, make sure it's level. Johnny, can we talk about what we're doing about Scotland? I don't even know exactly where we're going. Hey. Are we still going? Uh, sorry, hang on a minute. Did you get an update on the weather? Snow. Damn. Over the Pennines? Moderate to heavy. Why can women not lay a cloth in one movement? <laughs> We're not going over the Pennines, are we? To get to Scotland? No. Are we still going? Uh, can we talk about it later? I've got to make a phone call. Brennan, I'm just going somewhere, so I'll see you later. Have a lovely afternoon. You deserve it. And I hope you get what you really want for Christmas. Stan! Tony! Oh, shall I get No, that? I'll get it! Hiya! Oh, hello, it's Mince Pie Mini. Oh, don't you? In two days I've throwing up with them. Oh, are you all right now? I'm now. I'm getting more than 80 words out of Twyford's, though. <laughs> well, you've missed the romance of the century, you have. Brenda and your man here. No! Did you get it on? Have I won half 50 quid? Well, hey! Did he take his cardio? off? <laughs> Sad one. Is it true you've had your wicked way with Bren? Sorry, I've just got to uh, stand. Oh, God, Bren. It's not gone off you already, has it? Typical. Where's Bran Tub? Uh, now, I need to tell you something about the Bran Tub. Oh, hello. We're short, you know, from our Christmas dinner. No, I know. I know that. Do you want something? That's what I wanted. What? Tony. We've promised ourselves a kiss for Christmas, haven't we? Yeah. And it has to be in the office because I can't let myself go near a bacon slicer. <laughs> Excuse us. <laughs> I better check the veg. What do you think of that? Random flicker. Good visual accompaniment to sprouts? <laughs> He's changed his mind, hasn't he? About taking me to Scotland. No. He's wishing he'd asked Jane. That's why he's not talking to me. Look, he's got a nice surprise for you, and that's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, me CD. I was forgetting about that. Stan, can you strain these carrots? I can. I've strained carrots on Ben Nevis. <laughs> I think it's a brilliant idea. I can't believe you thought of it, old Tony. What about Tony? Yeah, what about him, Jean? Uh, Tony? Uh, we were just saying that, um, in no way does he resemble Russ Conway. <laughs> even in a dim light. <laughs> I'm going to see Benita's car still here. What did he say about for Jean? About rush stupid Conway? Should we thinking all sorts now, will Bren? Oh, no. Not today. <laughs> here they are, you see, in their little uniforms. I think it's just give up and throw themselves out of the window, overwhelmed by the pointlessness of their existence. <laughs> I couldn't wipe up day in and day out. No. We're having a staff party. Sorry. Staff party? I wish I had the courage to be bourgeois. <laughs> Gee, how's that lovely hubby of yours? He's in Cardiff with a lipless dental hygienist. Go gay, Jean. There are some lovely girls around. Who's that at the Red Lion, Janice? With the chain and the dog collar. Phoebe? No, Phoebe's the one with the Adam's apple. Oh, it's a lovely kitchen. Clean, anyway. I was in an institution once with a kitchen just like this. But I set fire to my mattress. Hm, hard to be moved. It wasn't suicide. It was matricide. <laughs> This is Janice. Oh, <laughs> What do you want? Well, I was just thinking. 
It's a family time, Christmas. I said that to George because he has invited me over. Gershwin. Michael. <laughs> Could you credit that business in that public toilet? I can't believe a policeman would stoop so low. <laughs> If you're on the scrounge, we've cleared the counters. Padlocked the freezer. Ooh, I love that salty humour. Pure Tony Warren. No, I was settling in for a cosy Christmas on the forecourt, and I thought, no, be a mother for once in your life. Spend it with Bren. Bren's got other plans. Oh, Janice and I would enhance any gathering. Yes, I do. A trick with a bottle. Uh, I bet you do. I know all the games. Spin the thing on the thing. Pass the thing. Brent's managed all the other Christmases she's been on her own. I had her too early. There was too much going on. You can't jive with one hand on a pram handle. <laughs> Look, Brent's going to Scotland straight after the party. Even better! Janice's homeland! Oh, Glasgow! <laughs> Fantastic! There. Charles Rennie McIntosh. Vidal Sassoon. British Homestore. Well, thanks for popping in. Jimmy Shaw. Oh, what a gentleman. Oh, Campbell Tarlock. I wish you had whiskey. I would drink it right. <laughs> a little Billy Cornelis still thanking me for getting him out of the folk club. <laughs> Shall we drive up with Bren and Janet? Excuse me. Can you go on now, please? Glenn's oh. <laughs> just got it together with someone and she's spending Christmas with him. You've ruined her summer holidays, not to mention her life, so why don't you take Connie Carlsberg here and get lost? Nobody apologise! <laughs> I had all the hot-headedness of youth myself once. Oh, Jimmy Logan! Molly Weir! Cleans baths without scratching. <laughs> what do you mean, Bren's got it together with someone? Which sad no hope has jumped on board this time? Right, that's enough. You're turning nasty now. Get out! Well, let's see what my daughter has to say. Let's not. Let's just beg it off out of it, shall we? I need to be with my family. Where's Bren? She wouldn't throw a pregnant woman out into the snow. <laughs> You're no more pregnant than I am. Show them my scans, Janice. Get out, the pair of you. What with us seeing my firstborn? <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. See if I wait here, will another one come along for me? There's no harm in having two watches, is there? No, no, it's very smart. Water-resistant. Oh, that's good. No depth given. Get a move on, Stan. Roger Wilco. Tony from Twinkle. And Twinkle from Dolly. Oh, he's lovely. <laughs> Thanks, Dolly. I gave you that two years ago. Did you? I suppose if I'd been on HRT, I would have remembered. Oh, bacon. <laughs> Thanks, Twink. You like bacon, don't you? Yeah. Because I never know what to get, men. I was going to score you some Viagra, but the bloat never turned up. No, bacon's great. <laughs> Just Bren from Tony. No, there's nothing in here. Oh, ha-ha. Oh, Bren, I knew I'd forgotten something. It's okay. Look, <clears throat> have the fiver. You nip out and get yourself a pair of tights or something. We'll clear up. No. I need a pair, Bren. This body shape has shredded mine. <laughs> Just nip to the petrol station for Jean, eh? <coughs> Take your anorak, Bren. It's freezing. No, I've ripped it again. Twenty past three. Flipping, eh? Get them shutters down, Stan. John, brilliant. Brilliant, man. Good time, you know what? I'm an innocent, 
get what you wanted? Bread? I'm going to go, Stan. Hey, we haven't finished our party yet. I'm handing me notice in. This thing with Tony isn't going to work. Because he's going to go off me. Because they do, don't they, men? Go off you or leave you or whack you around a bit. And it's, it's just going to be really difficult working with him once hey, that happens. Hey, hey, hey. It's just about the CD. Not buying you the CD. Well, no. Well, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He said he'd do it and he didn't do it. But I really like him. I always really liked him. And I'm bound to bugger it up somehow, excuse my language. So, uh, will you give him this? Oh, don't go just yet. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the day I had to go to casualty with a dart in me head? No. If you take my head as a dartboard, it went in here. Low score. Double top, I'd have been dead. Look, I want to go before he comes in. Well, just let me tell you this. In case you ever get a dart in your head, because it happens more often than you might think, don't do what I did. Don't try to knock it off your face with a screwdriver. Go on. You want to see what he's got here for Christmas? What do you mean? This Tony I've been worrying about. Sorry I couldn't get him in the brand tub. <laughs> oh, and this is your birthday present. Do you like it? We had to send Jane out for it. Is it all right? It was that or aubergine. <laughs> and this is from us. And me. <laughs> plane tickets to Scotland. Lassie's on the plane. I've done some phoning around today, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, and this. It's just a stupid little thing. Flipping bet, haven't I? No way are they going to hold out till Christmas Day. Can we have it on the flipping plate? Yeah, get your 50 quid out, loser. <laughs> you don't have to draw on it or anything. It's only like a joke. <laughs> so, were you not kissing Jane then? No. I was trying to get the plane tickets off her without you seeing. So why were you worried about the pennons? Because this lot were coming over from Yorkshire. Oh. I thought you didn't like me anymore. Oh, shut oh. up, man. <laughs> The desert sand is that. So, are we not driving to Scotland? We're flying. Oh, flying to Scotland, we'll get rattars. Thank you, Mother Teresa. <laughs> I was shaking my bells for quite a long time. <laughs> Have you written me a note? What is it? Oh, it's nothing. What is it? It's nothing. Yeah. You are listening to the Comedy Corner here on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. And that was an episode of Dinner Ladies, titled Christmas. Now, here is Les Dawson of the Parkinson Show in 1974. We've got a nice band there. They're all individual musicians, you know. It's just when they play together, it's such a bloody round. <laughs> Let's talk about, instead of one-liners, let's talk about you fairly seriously, Mr. Dawson, as, a, as a comedian. Because it always strikes me when I watch you um, on television, or in fact do a club, that one of the things about, about your style is this kind of aggression with the audience. I mean, you, you're capable of giving it 
atom. Bonk. And I wonder where that came from. Well, it started really, I suppose, in Hull. I was playing, I was having a terrible time. I was dying everywhere in India. They were calling me the fourth prophet. <laughs> and I got this bucket in Hull, which was a fisherman's club, and they virtually came straight from the trawler with barbs and salt caked on the faces with a sock full of money. <laughs> they sat down and they drank to oblivion. And an act was just superfluous. They didn't need an act. And I died the death of death, night after night. Because in those days, I used to sing and play the piano and get a few laughs, particularly when I played and sang. <laughs> and one terrible night, they were letting bottles go and pennies were being thrown. How do you mean letting bottles go? Well, they used, to take, they used to shake them and take the cork off. So it was like, you know, it was like sort of alcoholic Al Alamein. <laughs> it got to the Thursday and I couldn't face this anymore. So I went to a pub in the land of green ginger and got stoned. <laughs> and I went back and I couldn't get off the piano. So this makeshift curtain opened and I was on this podium. And I couldn't get off the piano. So I said, it's a very nice, it's a great pleasure for me to be in this superbly decorated kipper factory. <laughs> which they just spent 20,000 quid on. And suddenly I was getting laughs. Yes. Oddly enough, I seem to have found a style. Yes. Which I'd never had before, you know. Yes. This... So a time went on and I sort of tried to develop the style. Yes. It is, it is partly aggressive, aggressive, isn't it? It's sort of going back. It's, it, yeah, but it's also a defence mechanism as well, you know. It's aggression is the best, you know, form of defence. I suppose yes. in one respect that's it. Because there are some tough audiences up there, you know. Oh, my word, there are. I mean, there's some, you know yourself, in, in Barnsley. <laughs> I mean, if they like your act up there, they don't clap, they let you live. <laughs> Listen, but after you did this, you started the style in, uh, in Hull. Um, you, in fact, did a lot of other jobs, didn't you, before you, you made it big. What do you remember most vividly? I was a vacuum cleaner salesman. And a woman called me in, because I looked so pathetic at the door, because I had a suit that was so shiny, I used to clean it in middle gloss. <laughs> I took the vacuum cleaner, and she was in a hurry. And I was trying to do... Tried to show the, the, the method where this cleaner worked with the agitator underneath. And my tie got caught in it. <laughs> so while I'm choking to death near the spin dryer, <laughs> she's wanting to get to the shops. And it was only inadvertently by in, threshing my legs about to try and get air, so I managed to cut the switch off. <laughs> and when I was still there, she said, you're not much bloody good, are you? <laughs> <laughs> just crawling in the garden gate. Terrible, terrible job. And then I got a job with a, a company that made plastics. And uh, this was terrible. I could never understand the enthusiasm for plastics. And I couldn't sell it. Until one day I got a, a letter from a bloke in Kendall. And it threw in the letter. He said he'd like to see me make an appointment. And he was very interested in the product we made. And I was really thrilled to bits, you know. I said to the wife, I said, at last I made you break. So we're going to be a two-loaf family, you know. <laughs> Marvellous. At least I've got an order. So I phoned him and he said, ah, come up. He said, bring your stuff up. Bring it up. So I stood there and I got to the place. It took me it was about three hours to do a blizzard. You know, it was so wet they were having lifeboat drill on the buses. <laughs> Eventually gets there. And I opened my bag of tricks in the shop. And he said, I know what I want. Them tea strainers. Now, they were one and three a dozen. <laughs> I didn't quail. I thought, well, if he buys three or four gross, it's not too bad. So I said, certainly, sir. I said, how many do you want? He said, three. <laughs> I argued all night to sell him a dozen. He wanted three. So I put the order into the company, and they sent me this beautiful letter back. And he said, dear Mr. Dawson, read your esteemed order. May I say that the company is now working overtime <laughs> to fulfil this most valued order. <laughs> and at the same time, the cards came. <laughs> That's very sad, isn't it? Oh, well, it's a story of my life. You, oh, it is sad, yes. You also, it can't have been too sad, because I, I read uh, some of that you once played in a French brothel. You played piano in a French brothel, is that right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a lot of money, but there was plenty of perks. No. <laughs> what happened was, I was over there trying to be a writer, would you believe? Because really? I was full of these daft ideas, and I firmly believe that you must gravitate towards Paris if you want to be a writer which is the worst place in the world, you know. And I was living pretty rough, you know. It, it wasn't the place I was dreadful. I had a little room, it was so small, when I turned the lights, I was in bed before it was dark. <laughs> you know, I used to get bed breakfast and cramp pills. <laughs> but the landlady kept a good table. There was nothing on it, but it was a bloody good table. 
And to make ends meet, we, well, I, did, I started to play the piano. Well, you know, I studied in the Gladys Mills, but she got too heavy. So I started playing the piano in this place, and I thought I was doing great. And then I found out that it was to get rid of the customers. Really? <laughs> you played them out, did you? Yes, it's time break the rhythm. It's something, of course, you shared in common with another great comedian, W.C. Fields, because he played uh, yeah. piano in a Pittsburgh brothel. That's correct, yeah. Mm. yeah. And I have to know that, I mean, you're, in, you're a fan of his, aren't you? you oh, I was been, yeah. To me, he was the greatest. Not because of what he said, but how he said it. He said, love the place. Love the place. And to me, he comes out with the most immortal line I've ever heard. It was virtually a deathbed soliloquy, because a fortnight later he died, but he was in bed. You know, he was a great drinker. He didn't have a navel, he had a plimsoll line. <laughs> <laughs> and he was laying in bed, and he's reading the Bible, and this producer came in, and he said, Bill Fields, you of all people reading the Bible, he said, I'm looking for a loophole. <laughs> <laughs> no, Not bad. That's a great line. Yeah, extraordinary quality. Well, exactly. Incredible style. What about the... I mean, you're, you're very much in the, in the great line and tradition of the North Country comedians, aren't you? Mm. Two things here. Who's the, the one that you personally admire most of all? Rob Wilton. Rob Wilton. That's interesting. Why? Well, I think, again, because he was... Ba I think one of the things that makes humour in the North, and this isn't... I'm going to go at the Southern audiences particularly, but it was based on adversity more than anything else. Mm. Where in the South in those days, it was never really as bad as the North. No. And people like Rob Wilton and... Uh, all the other great comics, were steeped in this. And there was a great warmth and depth. I mean, one of his lovely things was he said, things were very bad. And a friend of mine said, let's buy a greyhound and win a few bob at White City. <laughs> so we bought a greyhound called Flash. I wouldn't say it was slow, but on its first race, the hair bit its leg. <laughs> so I said to this friend of mine, I said, no, I said, this is ridiculous. It's costing a fortune in fodder. <laughs> Not about his mother, but it's fodder. <laughs> he said, let's get rid of it. He said, my pal said, you're quite right. He said, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll throw it in the canal. Oh, I said, there's no need to do that. Let's just run away from it. <laughs> Beautifully. And that's the sort of humour that transcends the so-called generation gap. It's a, funny, it's a funny remark with a lot of heart in it. And, so, and humour out of adversity. Oh, yeah. Because uh, if you didn't laugh, you went under, well, I suppose. That's exactly it. Yeah. Jewish race, anybody, any sort of ethnic group that's ever been persecuted. Yes. I mean, I do a lot for the poor, you know, the wife, the mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> You're nice when you smile, aren't you? <laughs> what, what's your mother-in-law? I mean, you've got a mother-in-law, haven't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's, uh... <laughs> she's... She's very nice. <laughs> She's very nice. She's got a face like a bag of spanners. <laughs> she once went for a swim in Loch Ness and the monster got up and picked it in the lake. <laughs> what, does, what does she think, though, about you? I mean, does she, <laughs> does she think you're a loving son-in-law? <laughs> oh, we, oh, we got a, oh, really? Very well together. When we stay at her house, you know, which is decorated in early Dracula, she's, she knows that I, I am personally very fond of pets. And you can bet your life on a good bit of an act, there's always a black with a spider in the corner. <laughs> she's a very big woman, you know. She has a knickers on a prescription. serious. <laughs> <laughs> It's daft, it is daft, it's lovely. <laughs> that was old, uh, who was that? That was old Norman, uh, Norman Evans. Norman Evans. Evans. We yeah. see one of the beautiful things about, um, we, on the last series we introduced these two old women in a laundrette. But it is something peculiar to Lancashire, the fact that when two women talk, particularly that age group, if there's anything at all which they consider risque or something comparable to the, the female body, they never finish the sentence. Hmm. It's perfectly too, so you'll get an insult. So, how it, how's things? I believe she's near a time. Oh, yeah. I believe she's had a... <laughs> and they never finished the sentence. <laughs> it was really most peculiar, you know, and they used to get things mixed up. Uh, I may quote one day that Peter Maloney from Liverpool... Mm. Oh, he's a funny very man. ...very true about the woman in hospital, and this chap said, how are you? She said, I've been very ill, you know. She said, it's my time of life, I'd have it. She 
said it's a very serious operation. It's called an hysterical rectum. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it does you good to have a laugh. Anyone for going? I like a bit of the old <laughs> Uh, the reason why you make me laugh so much, you see, is because Did when you I paid. <laughs> no, but because it goes right back to my to my youth when you know mum and dad used to take me to pantomime. We're talking to Twiggy about it, and Norman Evans and Nat Jackley. Do you remember? Oh, I mean, yeah, it used right. to slay me and that great line of North Country humour, which I mean, you're either plugged into or you're not actually. Well, you see, well, yeah, exactly. This is the point. But I think one of the nice things is because of television that. This ridiculous differential between the North and the South is now gone. Yes. With the people down here at the North, it's just the same thing. There's nothing different. It's just that in the North, you used to have some peculiar sayings. Mm. If I dare quote this, but there was also an old farmer, he said to me, as you hear this laid up chat, Casper, he said, the coaching couples are always at it. He said, I caught a couple the other night, they were going to ask like a frog up a pump. <laughs> <laughs> but it's descriptive. <laughs> <laughs> there, there can be only one possible virtue of that story, Lester, if it's true. I promise you, you it's, do, true. it's a cool. do <laughs> You've done some, some work recently in Germany, haven't you? Oh. <laughs> Did you have to learn German for it? Or yeah, what? I tried. You tried? Yeah. But how, how, I mean, how do you get the gags over? Well, it? this was the difficult part of it, because when we got there, the... the, the Fortnight before the show was actually due to go, two of us went to try and suss the scene out to see what they wanted. And the German mentality is something I've never previously come across because it's all, you know, faces really like flint. You know, they're really hard, unyielding. So they had a girl there with braided hair, you know, who looked a bit like Danny LaRue. Awful. And she sat there and she said, You tell me what you are going to do, which is funny. And everyone said, Old man colleague rounds the table. So in this atmosphere, I said, well, the first thing we'd like to do is there is a man sweeping the street. She said, and a man in Strassen with the woman. I said, he looks one way, and this is what broke me. She said, man, looks ein fart. <laughs> which, is, which is German for one way. Right. And I said, he then looks the other way. She said, ein fart, ein fart, um I said, he then lifts up the pavement and brushes the dirt underneath it. And there was a silence like a forgotten tomb. <laughs> and she said, I think I should tell you that in Germany, the pavements don't lift up. <laughs> oh. 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 It really was frightening. How did you survive it? Only just? Yeah, we got through, actually. In, in fact, um, Considered a mountainous area, they, they call me the, you know, the, they're named after a mountain flower over there, the Adelswein. <laughs> no, it went quite well, but they put a top course on the Berlin Wall after that. <laughs> it really was frightening, it really was. Yeah. Because they're, they're, I mean, to tell a joke about the mother-in-law is brazier. But I do a joke, you know, I say, I'm not saying she's a big woman, but she hangs a brazier up to dry a camel makes love to it. <laughs> In German. In German, this comes out like Die Schweiz und Mutters Busten halten mit der Haaren mit der Ölfänden befänden. And by the time you've said it, you've forgotten the bloody thing. Don't you? I mean, what, people must always ask you uh, this question, but it's one that interests uh, me particularly about you. I mean, how do you see the function of humour, I mean, what is it? What's the comedian? I don't know, there's been many. I mean, one of the terrifying things about this subject is, quite honestly, that how can you analyse what is funny? I mean, you've got a big audience here of 200, 300 people. Uh, what is funny to one isn't funny to another because it's the reverse side of tragedy. If something happens to you personally, it is tragic to you. Other people will sympathise, but it's your problem. The same with humour. What is funny to you is a personal thing. Yes. And this is one of the things that most comics do get sad about is when you get critics who will virtually axe a programme only because of what they believe. Yes. I think it's pretty terrible when the public themselves can't make their minds up. You know, you get a critic in the paper the day after the show's gone out. Yes. Surely the public can make their own mind up. No comic can please everybody. Yes. You know, and we, I, I get upset when I get some of the knocking letters, you know, terrible letters you get. Yes. And I think, well, why? Because 
The greatest crime you can you know, convicted of is trying to make people laugh, and in this day and age, we're very short of it. That's absolutely true. Oh, yeah. Yes. And does it get more and more difficult the more desperate the situation becomes to make people laugh? Well, this is where I think <laughs> the odd thing is, because I think the great days of the musical, and certainly the great days of Rob Wilton, the comics, flourished when there was a recession. Because I think, in a way, although it sounds like, I'm talking about thousands of letters over this, if we have to tighten our belts in this country economically, it might be the best thing in the world to bring us together again. Because there was a day when people were a community. All of a sudden, if you put economics there, you shut that front door with your colour set and your big car and drive, and you're not a community anymore. Mm. You're vying with next door. And I think it would be nice if we start saying, right, we've got a problem, let's work on it. And I think that this is where comedy is so essential to have. Yeah. You know, I mean, you look at some of these trade union leaders, I mean, look at the flap, you see them, conversation. We want more! <laughs> not an ounce of humour with them. You know, I think we're desperately short of this, I really do. Well, so long as you're around, mate, uh, I for one will be never short of a laugh, that is for sure. Let's... Where's the cheque? Where's the cheque? <laughs> it's in the post. <laughs> <laughs> Les Dawson, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Les Dawson on the Parkinson Show in 1974. Now let's put those piano playing talents to the test. Here in the company of Shirley Bassey. Over to you, Shirley. gentlemen, it's my great privilege to present one of the country's finest classical pianists. <laughs> Bansley's answer to Andre Previn. <laughs> Mr. Les Dawson. <laughs> Thank you, Vera. Instead of my usual composition on a symphonic vein, I should like to play Songs of Yesteryear. If you feel like joining in, do so, but it's third party fire and risk. <laughs> I told you to stay in the truck. Your fan club just arrived. They, they, they parked the tandem. <laughs> That's what I love about your show. You're a laugh an hour, Shirley. That's one more than you, pal. <laughs> You know, if you play your cards right, I could get your job on Crossroads. <laughs> As a cleaner. <laughs> I can be hurt, Shirley. After all, I'm, I'm just a man. Yes, you are. Just. <laughs> no, but, I mean, you seem a bit down in the mouth. I mean, what's the trouble? No. Well, I'm glad you noticed that I'm not my usually ebullient self. I never stopped your week last night, Shirley. I kept getting this hideous recurrent nightmare that... The mother-in-law was chasing me with a crocodile on a lead down the banks of the Nile. <laughs> I was wearing nothing but a pith helmet and gannic spats. <laughs> I could f smell the hot, rancid breath on the back of my neck. I could hear those great jaws snapping in anger. I could almost see those great yellow eyes full of primeval hatred devouring me. Oh, how terrible. That's nothing. What did I tell you about the crocodile? <laughs> I couldn't tell which one. I went to see the doctor. I, I watched into his surgery. I said, can he help me out? He said, yes, which way did you come in? <laughs> I said, what's good for wind? He gave me a kite. <laughs> you see, the trouble is he's very old-fashioned. When he gives you an injection, you have to bite on a bullet. <laughs> He's retiring shortly, he's run out of leeches. <laughs> if you don't mind me saying so, Shirley, 
I'm so envious of you in so many ways. Your success has reached its absolute apex. Do you know that my career's going downhill faster than the rabbit that's just had a promise? <laughs> Nothing's gone right for me. I'm so unlucky. I bought some bananas last week. I'm going to peel them and they were empty. invested a lot of money last year in a company that made cotton floral bonnets and now the government's cancelled Easter. <laughs> I'm so far behind with the rent, the arrears are ticked off in the doomsday book. <laughs> My furniture's been thrown on the street so often I've had the loose covers made to match the pavements. <laughs> if that wasn't bad enough after 15 years of complete bliss, the wife ran away with the fellow next door. Oh, and I do miss him. <laughs> do you know? I've reached the stage, Shirley, but I, I can't concentrate on anything. I can't even look at the contract for this show. It brings tears to my eyes. <laughs> I can't concentrate, I just sit there and I, I just daydream all the time that I'm playing cricket for England and Australia. Have you tried thinking about girls? What, Miss me turn to bat? <laughs> it's funny how you try to regain your grassroots. You know, you came from Cardiff when you worked on the docks. And you also... <laughs> Try to refine those vital years. Where did you go wrong? I went, I went to see my parents the other week. It was the neighbourhood I used to play as a kid. Grimy warehouses, severing the skyline with dissipated profiles. Narrow, sub-bearded tenements gazing eyeless onto litter-pitted streets. Nuns going round in twos, mugging everybody. <laughs> and I thought to myself, by God, Weybridge's changed. <laughs> And through a vandalised glass-stained window of this ill-kempt chapel, I saw my father kneeling at the altar. Can you imagine my emotions? More mixed than old brand. <laughs> and he looked so forlorn, he was just knelt there, he was re-crumbing his begging bowl, he was, had his hand in the vicar's pocket. Hey. I put my, my arm around... <laughs> I put my arm around his shoulders, thinning shoulders, and he looked at me and he took a swig from his hip flask. And I said, hello, Daddy. <laughs> and he looked at me and his eyes just filled with tears. Emotion was choking him. This one decent suit, the only one he ever had without arrows. <laughs> and when he spoke, he was like an echo from the past. I remember so well that soft northern voice. He said, hello, son! <laughs> I said, what are you doing here of all places? He was never a religious man, you know, he was an atheist for years, but he was getting no holidays. <laughs> I said... I said to him, why are, you, why are you knelt here? I said, where's mummy? And he looked at me and he said, and he pointed heavenwards with a soiled digit. He said, your mother's up there! I said, you mean that mummy's passed over? And he said, no, she's on the roof knocking the lead off. There's Dawson. The very sporting Shirley Bass. That's all for this week, folks. So I'll see you again next week. This is Graham Stevens saying, keep smiling. We've got some off-price crack ties, some miles and miles of carpet tiles, TVs, deep freeze, and David Bowie OPs, pool games, gold chains, worst names, and head push, and Trevor Francis track suits from a mush and shepherd's bush. Bush, 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 bush. No income tax, no VAT, no money back, no guarantee.
This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.